0: Okay, so we began to introduce the different levels of responsibilities. I'm going to focus right now on stockbrokers, which you wonder is the oddest thing to focus on, because there aren't that many left. So, And that's true, I knew that, because... They're financial advisors. We have one right here. I'm finally getting the people to speak up what industry exactly they're taking care of. So we're going to hear from him also. And uh, Shimmy, uh, you suggested uh, you volunteered your friend. It was it Donny Rosenblum? Okay? Just I uh, want to say Michel So I'm surprised he's under 90 and uh, I spies the broker. So I hey some of broker? He said no. <laughs> so he's not exactly a broker. He knows he's in the business and we were able to talk shop a little bit. And I'm going to share with you uh, the kasha after we get some basic information. I'll, so much fascinating information over here. I'm going to take from David Bressler's email, or three emails, and highlight just so we get in a few minutes an understanding of what my kasha is going to be. I didn't ask him if he's a broker either, although he, uh, I see him, I'll probably see him much Shabbos. We'll, we'll ask him. So... From the brokers, which uh, still exist, more on an institutional level, uh, the reason they're not as common on the private level is that people want to day trade, often do it themselves at their own computer, so you don't need a broker anymore, and you have an account with uh, Fidelity or wherever you are, you could just do it yourself. They still exist, though, and they exist on the institutional level, and the companies, you might wonder what they're doing, what is Goldman Sachs <coughs> doing? Everyone do that? I'm sure you would think of that just this afternoon. What do they, uh, what do, they do all day? They make a lot of money. And um, that's hopefully uh, good for the Eden, good for the economy. And when it comes to an IPO, if there's any phrase or lush and I use that the doctors here aren't familiar with, or non financial people, please speak up. So uh, if doing an IPO, you need already major firms to be able to do that, and that's where the clients are and the major banks involved, and the firms in charge of making sure this thing flies. Most of them do, and usually fly high. They're not all that good, and some of them are duds, which is part of the risk of trading. And... Um, you get a hand of uh, hold of a uh, handy perspectives, and they will tell you that uh, whatever past performance is not indicative of any future performance, and they'll read you all your rights and regulations, which is, I'm mentioning that for a reason, you would think that everybody's duly warned and they're, they're reading all 55 pages of the fine print. The is usually not that big, and everybody's duly warned. I, we're going to see from here that the uh, problem is, I'm not sure, anybody's duly warned. And uh, Sadiq asked this uh, many, many months ago, and we are going to understand where I'm going with this. So you have still some brokers uh, in the large firms, and there are two types of brokers within these firms. It doesn't make sense how large the firm is. And it'll make a difference in terms of trying to gauge what the more common minig is, which I haven't interviewed enough people to know, but based on our discussion the other night, Michal... Uh, You said that most of them are fiduciaries or just uh, the uh, most of them 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 are not? No, they're all fiduciaries just depending on which accounts we're managing. Okay, so we'll get into that and you'll chime in when, uh, what's the name of your firm? We have free advertising over here. Edward Jones. Edward Jones, okay. Edward Jones is uh, here from the Revolutionary War, I think, and uh, something like that, the Civil War, and they have uh, thousands of branches and this fine, Ben Terra when he's not learning Happens to uh, work there, so that's why we had that discussion. So let's begin. We already um, finished with the Webster's definition fiduciary. Sounds like a fancy word. Related to involving confidence or trust, which means you're trusting somebody, which is that's this whole Sugya. God another year, these achiv, the race that I give you an ezeteva when you ask. We'll see that from the Rambam. The Rambam seems to say the achiv is only triggered when you're asked. If you're not asked, but you think you can help, that would be a chesed. We'll see other Rishonim seem to hold the z'chiev. If you just see something, then you've got to say something. If you think the guy might need help, even if he didn't ask you, that's an important machlekist, what the level of z'chiev is. But, it's either a very good thing, or a chiev to give an etzah teva. But everybody agrees, it's an absolute is- isadar isad to give an etzah ra. That's what we started off with and the I And Mitzitz sharm pointed out, and I don't think anybody is going to disagree with this, that not only is it once you're giving an etza, to give a good etza, you have to give the best etza that you can for the person, something you would do in terms of if it was your brother, if it was yourself that's not to say there aren't different people, different appetites for risk and that's okay, if you don't have an appetite for risk, but he does, you have to try to give the etza of what's good for him, if that Hearty appetite is good for him. I'm not saying it is, sometimes it is, sometimes it is, depending on what he has to, to lose. And that's why when you go into Edward Jones or Goldman Sachs or any other place, you have to find out, they have to find out, you have to fill out a form. probably runs a few pages, and they're trying to get a profile on you and what are your assets and what are your goals and how old are you, and what can you lose, and how high risk do you want this to be, and they'll try to divide it up at the high risk, very conservative, and a blend, and come up with a package for you. And everybody, no matter what category you put you in, and I'm going to state the two categories in a moment, it's very clear that nobody wants to lose clients, nobody wants to get clients, so you have to do a good job. So you're going to take it seriously enough, because if you don't, and you botch it up, you're going to do a lousy job, and uh, reputation is what you have at the end of the day. You can only fool some of the people some of the time, and even if you make a lot of money off of somebody illegally, it can even live that won't sustain itself. You have to have a good track record.
1: It's only in theory.
0: In theory, have a good track record? Or in uh, the- in,
1: in the- because assets are sticky. It's, it, it's once you get a client.
0: Yeah. I mean, special- if the client does, knows nothing and doesn't wake up, he doesn't know if he's making 2%, 2%, 4%. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: It's hard to move assets. It's a whole hassle to go through asset transfer. Okay. So, so that's, that's, that's called taking
0: to. advantage of people. Yes. But, but every business does that. Do you ever notice you get 100 offers in the mail, and I guess the email every day, that they're giving you something for nothing? So what you should be teaching your kids, but you got to teach yourself first, is there is no free lunch, and there is nothing for nothing. I told my children this at various times of their life, and they always disputed it. And they said, no, no, they have a." And it starts from the um, uh, pulling of that funny thing out of the cereal box after they hopefully wash Nagavasa and put their hands in to get that thing out because it says free. And everybody likes a free ring, which you can be a, a lady with if it's a Sharaputa, which is not, probably. And everybody loves free things. There's no free lunch. Why they putting that in there? It sells cereal boxes, and you're probably paying for that. That's part of their budget. So everybody's got an angle, and that's what's so difficult. We would think nine months ago, this is the easy part of this. Idea. Practically, it's very difficult, but you're saying it's difficult for them to move. That can be said for many industries. And when you get locked in, if Ford Motor Company manages to sell you one of those things which you should never buy, just, just for the math, whenever you buy something, even something small, they immediately try to sell you a warranty. You could buy a phone for $30 and they'll sell you a warranty for $3, but do you want to have that backed up? You probably don't. So the first piece of math, I'm not saying you should never buy it. The first piece of math you have to know is that they're making money on this, that means that there's a gamble, it will break, you pay for it, it won't break. It's like life insurance. And believe it or not, some peskim can say that maybe life insurance is a schooler for Arichas Yemen because if you buy life insurance, the insurance companies always get richer and richer. That means they're doing their homework, and the people there are betting you're going to live. That's a great start. Huh? So you'll ask Akasha, so why does anybody die? They're still making money. Uh, don't take that to the uh, bank or the doctor's office, what I just said. You have to live healthy also, and I have and Keep it of aim and all the other good things. But they make money. So if they're offering this to you, that means that they're making money on it. That means you're losing, they're betting you're gonna lose the bet and they're smarter than you. So why should you ever buy a warranty? The story would be if you're the type of person that's gonna be nervous and you want it backed up and you want it immediately paid for, it and you get very broken up when something breaks. So then maybe the warranty is worth the money. You might win this wager. Once in a while, you win. Most of the time, they win. And you'll have more Yishroda. Sure so we're not against it. Is that an raw when you offer somebody a warranty? That's a, actually a good example. I'm, I'm happy I just put it up there. I got it. That, that's a very good example. Is that a every time you, you come to a store, they sell you the oven that we spoke about, and they're going to give you a warranty. Is that, if I'm right, that the math is not in your favor, and it never is. So is that an raw? The answer is no, not necessarily it's a high ticket item and that's a lot of money to be out and you're not sitting with cash to replace the oven and you need your oven, Mishabbos is coming so assuming they're going to pay right away and they're not going to give you a hassle and you want Yishavada, so then if you know what's going on in the world uh, and you're buying it for that, then that's fine so the difference an aggressive, you can be an aggressive salesman, but it still has to be the best thing for him, so you say it's a steward to being a salesman, not being a firm salesman you you can believe in your product.
1: The, the the problem is, and that's where insurance products come in. A, a person can buy an annuity with from a number of companies. Mm. They're going to be very similar, but some insurance companies are going to. Mm milk you? Yes. Uh, for the same annuity? and so, so, being a salesperson, salespeople are often paid commission from the... That.
0: So, that's going to so be the, the issue. We're to, I'm using the broker as a great example for the lumpness of it, but I can apply it to many different industries, and we will discuss many. Some have it better, some have it worse. But, if you want to charge more, the guy at the oven without being over no, there's a top of the range, and there's a big range. So, yes, you point blank the other week, but he's still bent out of shape about the chutzpah of the guy, is, can I get this oven any way cheaper? You have no achiv to answer that question. The question was the chutzpah. And as long as you're not violating law, you can repeat again. Service here is great. I smiled. You have a great time, great shopping experience, great oven. You never answer the question. And if he hops that, he'll ask you again. You cannot answer the question again. Either he'll give up or you'll send them down the block. No, One of the two. So is there anything wrong with that? So there's always going to be a range of insurance companies that are charging more or less. So the problem is, if you're selling your own product, you have no chiv to send them down the block because you're trying to run a showroom selling ovens. If you're a broker selling insurance, you're also trying to sell insurance. So what you're asking, which is going to be the problem over here, is you're trying to sell insurance, but you're a broker. You represent 20 different companies. So are you allowed to sell the one you get the greater percentage? So I go back to my oven. Are you allowed to sell the oven for $100 more? The answer over there I said last week was yes. Why? You like healthier margins. Why? Because you have a lot of kids to marry off. It's not on us, it's not Geneva. You have healthier margins. He wants to know what your margins are. Tough. I don't tell him what my margins are. So over here by the broker, it's not an automatic tainan necessarily if there's a whole array of insurance and you get... Something that is an excellent product, and this is what you're offering. Now, the reason that I'm hedging on that, to use by stocks, as you'll see by the stocks, it might depend on what level you have and how do you make a PANOSA if you are a fiduciary. And you have to give them the best, best products. How do you make a PANOSA? So the answer is there are fees attached. And in the perspective, it tell you what the fees are. So we're going to discuss in a moment the fees as well. So let's lay out some of the facts, and then you'll see just how um, difficult this is to really understand what their term are, which we're going to try to do. Yes? Is it going to us to bounce around the introductory fees? So like you go to Geico, and they give you a deal like the first year, so you go to them, you get the deal, and then you go to... I was wondering how they stay in business. Is that what they do? What? Because they advertise all over the place that it's the cheapest insurance. How do they, they make slowly, money? Uh, well, but if you just go and you get that initial like, credit they card... They slowly raise you, it, and then they, they start charging well, them as a... It depends on... But it, I, I think they are lower because they have a... Whatever, I think they're a little lower. Shilies, you get what you pay for. No, so but if you do like credit cards. So a lot of credit cards, they give you... like If you spend $500 in the first three months, so if you do that, you go there, you get $500, then you switch to a new credit cards. So you have no interest in their credit card anyway. Okay, so any let me... So I'll, I'll treat that briefly, it has to do with what Sadiq asked before, and that is if there's no free lunch so there are rules even in the American legal system, that got bait and switch it depends how bad it gets like, we're giving away free washing machines, limited supplies they bought one <laughs> and they have 100,000 people coming in because they don't want a free washing machine and you gets there, we're sorry. However, we have one very good model to show you once you're here already. And so there are laws against that. There's advertising that's aggressive, and then there's false advertising. What the difference is? There are some people from, from certain countries, way east, that say all sorts of things that are completely not true. I, I wouldn't be hushed anybody. And as I mentioned on Shabbos, um, some of it's so not true. It's laughable if it wasn't so serious. Like, how do you lie so well? The answer is, well, this is the way we look at it. So there are rules and regulations. There's a moving target. It's hard to know in advertising. When is it just presenting something well? Or when is it stretching the truth so beyond any rec- recognizable see uh, It's about the product that you're lying. So there are these truth in advertising laws. So over here you're asking, uh, they want something from you, they want you to sign up. That gets back to Sultan's first point, and that is, it's very hard to change, and they're relying on the fact that you are going to stay, or forget about it, and after three months, they're going to start charging fees, and you're going to stay there, which is what you make. And there are big chachamim, chachamim, who study this, study trends, and it works, because that's why they make money. So that's very important, Avi, for your question. Can you do it in a premeditated way that you're just doing it to get these malls and then you plan on canceling? So how do I say this then? I, I want to give it a balanced way to incorporate the Musser. The Shaila has come up in my house and will come up in your house when your kids grow older and realize that they think they discovered America and you get free things. So, um, in my house, I have a very, like, you know, we discuss within the context of the Ashkaf and Allah a lot of finance issues, and uh, I'll give them a drasha and I'll teach you about uh, all the things, but you should know that's not, the fact that people are doing it doesn't mean you should do it. First of all, it's not good for your midas. It just premeditated. What I asked last week, not the it. it's asked before I said anything, is you can't, they have a great policy. You can return whatever you want, no questions asked. You can't order suits for the Khazna. and 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 the man in the back decided not to do it after I gave him that mutter. You can't order the suits, and the dresses. Alma going to return them because they clearly didn't mean that. What, what, now, over here, an AC unit the and same thing, and that's a chilusha. Same thing, same, and they clearly didn't mean it. There's a lot of law, the spur of the law. But I know, and, and on the one hand there's a bit like a begrudging uh, respect that you guys always seem to figure this out but on the other hand, the other day, they don't appreciate it and I, can I say it's not the spirit of what they meant and it's not a Kiddush Hashem, therefore you shouldn't do it the credit card example is a little different because they do have actual studies and they're really relying on the fact that to remember your pile of paperwork like you remember when you're leaving the bungalow there's an air conditioning unit here, or six you're going to remember to do something with. You're not going to forget about that. The is over. You know, what are all these suits doing here? Who, what are all these tuxedos? That's not something you're going to forget. So there's no way they can make money unless you really like the product. And if it has all sorts of, like, white things with frills and pom-poms, you're not going to keep it because you don't wear those things during the day. And tuxedos, you so So there's the here back. So that's what's not right about it. Over here, they're banking on the fact that you're going to forget about this whole thing and they're not interested in reminding you. And they can start charging you and charging you. Five years later, pre-Pesach cleaning, you might find it. And by that time, he said, ah, you know, it's a pretty good card. I have that, still giving mileage points. And so they're charging $199 a year. No, nope. That's what they're depending on. So I think i me, this, it's not a nice thing. I did not allow it in my house. I didn't, many, many people have asked me, this, I didn't say it was us or either. But you have to start, they train there, you all know what I'm referring to. They train their representatives because you got to call back and cancel it. And these guys are very good because I once listened to it. In the early days, my, one of the family members wanted to try it. Just when I said, they go, no, they have the policy. It's push it. They don't mind. I said, okay, let's get them on the phone. They don't mind. They kept them on the phone for an hour. I walked away after 10 minutes. They were momish, crying, begging. It was a class act. I said, really, we're so we're so hurt. What didn't you like about the card, and what, what went wrong? She so said, "Well, it's like this. It was really just premeditated, and I was trying to make money." And you know, so you kind of feel if you have any hashkafah in your life, you don't want to say that because say
1: when they know a certain percentage you're going to, that's part of their. That's why it's not as
0: bad. They know a percentage might might get back tuxedo also, but. That way, there's no way you're going to like the tuxedo. The example I gave of the showroom guy, let's take the ovens, where I've had some owners, I've done a lot of research over the years, and some of them said, I don't mind, the Gemara has very harsh words that somebody does window shopping or goes in and has no intention of buying. You get the guy all excited, it's an envelope. The Gemara says it's terrible. It depends on the owner. The fallback position is disaster. If an owner says, just get them in here, I want traffic, let me get a crack at them. If that's the case, and that becomes an umdun in a certain industry, then wonderful, that everything's mutter. That might be the umdun over here, that's why you can't answer it. That might be... What? Even,
1: if, even some credit cards, are, which are free, and they give you stuff to start off with, because they... So they're not hoping that you're there's no reason officially to cancel, because right. it's free, but what's their hope then, that you're going to start running up a bill and not paying on time and all that. So I'm oh. saying that's all the, what, everything you yeah. figuring in. Yeah, you know,
0: but at least that's not costing you they money. Charge. They're all going to charge crazy amounts, right? They
1: also make money you know, simply on transaction fees from the merchants. They Right, the right. right. That's they, correct. They, 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 they that's correct. And, uh, right. That's correct. Right, so. Right,
0: right. So Avi, the short answer to your question is Ashkafali, I don't think I told family members and people who, if they ask me, I'm not going to use the word also if it's not usr, I'm not going to say chiv, it's not a chiv. But I will tell them, I said, this is not good for your ruchnius, and it's not a huge challenge in talking. let me put it this way, this $200 or $1,000, that's not going to make you wealthy, at the end of it, it's not going to make a difference. And then some people who are calling, if they're young enough, would say, no, I have this plan with 30 companies, and this is how I'm going to make my pan <laughs> okay, maybe, yeah, maybe not. I don't think it's a great idea because I was surprised, that 10-minute clip I heard from that representative, I was kind of shocked. He was very aggressive, and he was trained. It's all scripted. And he tried every angle. and says, oh, we're so disappointed. Are you sure we can't understand what went wrong, and maybe we could discuss it? Like,
1: Same thing with, with Fios and cable
0: vision. <laughs> they'll try to talk you out of it. The representatives are very aggressive. Okay, so yeah, I they just they
1: give you uh, the whole soft story you, and they, how, they yeah, yeah, yeah. To switch, Right. And then when,
0: like, okay, okay. Then, so let's get back to the fiduciary. So, all the questions are good. I'm glad you brought it up. Let's get back to so the fiduciary yeah. over here is a fellow who's supposed to have your your confidence and you're supposed to trust him. And that's the key of, of uh, dealing with a uh, guy who knows the Sugya of, of neighbor after we finish. Well, no, it's a very serious responsibility. And if he says, I don't know enough, I don't want to take responsibility, then don't answer the question. Don't give advice. But if you're giving advice, it's got to be the best advice you can muster or the best advice you can muster after you research it. But you've got to help the guy in the best possible way. So now, the surprising, shocking thing about this is as follows, that many financial advisors, this is from David Bresla, many financial advisors in the United States are not fiduciaries. What that means in English, the broker is not required to act in the client's best interest. And that's a pretty harsh way of saying it. I started with Webster. Webster says fiduciary just means of a person of trust and confidence. They spell out in the law. there's a lot written about this, and they say, no, but he's not required to act in the client's best interest. In this sugya, against the Messias Asharim and the Rambam, that's a, that's a problem. Because that's not good enough for avoiding the issue of Lifneivir. So but that is in legend, maybe in fact, um, today, use car salesmen, where we sit right now, you gotta be very nice to them because they might have something that everybody wants, and you gotta pay them ten thousand dollars just to talk to them. So uh, you gotta be very careful. We don't. Right now, maybe in six months and I'll be different. But you gotta be very nice to them. So uh, some of my best friends I use car salesmen now, and they still can't get you what you. It's it's not their fault. It's um, you know, we live in interesting times. While they cannot suggest something outside the risk appetite of the client, and they're supposed to assess that by having them fill out those forms and talking to them, they are allowed to guide the person toward a high-fee investment that will earn them more commission. That sounds pretty heinous to me. We're going to try to be mash of it. Fiduciary is not allowed to do this and must advise the client purely based on what is best for the client, irrespective of any fees or commissions the advisor will make. This is all, uh, the summarizing it, but he's gonna, we're going to document this in a moment. This can be a lufnivir issue. The broker advises the Jew, advises the people to invest in something that will make them more money. That's his question, even if it's not in the client's best interest. I would posit that since most people do not know this detail about being a fiduciary, they don't know what the word means, never heard the word, and they don't know the chile between that and the next category, which we'll get to in a moment. Financial advisor cannot say that they should know that I'm allowed to have a conflict of interest. Basically, he has a conflict of interest, a big one, and he's supposed to know that. Now, he's supposed to know that. Legally, you have to tell him that. And it says it somewhere in the small print. Problem I mentioned in the beginning is nobody reads the small print. And to perform that, they have like a box you got to check by each paragraph. You read this paragraph, but no one's reading that either. And now they have a paper on top of that, a writer that says you read all the other stuff. And they're going to put stickies on that to say you read the writer. And uh, it's not going anywhere fast. And many people are not that savvy, which is why they want somebody else to take care of it, which is fine. And uh, they don't really know. So the question is, do you spell out after all the legalese? You would. But would you spell out, sir, I know you signed all this, and you read, and you acknowledge, and everything like that. I just want you to know, a matter fiduciary is going to say, what's that? Which, after he read all this, he shouldn't ask. But he's going to ask anyway. And he say, that means that if I ever have to take care of myself better or you better, I'm taking care of myself. <laughs> Is that a nasty way to say it? Or I'm working for a big company. If I ever have to take care of them and you, I'm taking care of them first. So he might be very shocked and he'd say, does that mean I'm going to suffer? So no, you're not going to suffer because if you suffer, I'm not going to have any clients. So we're going to make sure you make some money, but not nearly as much as you could have made. So why is that? That's perfectly legal. You just got to state your case. So we're going to discuss soon why there should be mutter, if it is mutter. But we're not there yet. There are two standards of care. One is the fiduciary, as you mentioned, which you would have guessed based on this, so that's the only one that exists, but it's not true. The second one is the suitability standard. Suitability as Lush and that it's suitable. Suitable means I have to figure out based on your profile, what's your... Appetite for risk. How old are you? How much money do you have to risk? Uh, what's the blend and how this is going to go? What's suitable for you? So the SEC, it's a Security and Exchange Commission, we will be hearing next week from one of their big attorneys uh, who happens to be somebody very close to me. When Donnie called me back and reminded me, he said I bumped into somebody. I won't say the state yet because I don't know if I can say his name. I bumped into somebody who sends his warmest regards, says Tom of yours. and do you realize we were just discussing this for a half hour he's an attorney for the SEC. I said, you know what? I remember he was attorney, and you reminded me, Taka, that's a good address. So we already have a conference call set up for tomorrow. That's going to be interesting. Uh, we're going to see what, uh, what the government is really after, what they hold is fair, and what... So uh, we will build on that. But right now we know that if you have a 99-year-old great-grandmother, Amon al Lislan, who has $10,000 to her name, and... Um, she, I hope this never happens, and she invests it, we'll say $100,000 to make it more real, a million dollars. Life is expensive, we have inflation now. She has a million dollars, but she has to live a long time. She's only 99. She plans on living to 130. It's a shame. And she gives it to her broker, and the broker tells her, read this, and she says, I only read uh, Yiddish and Russian, and I'm sorry, I can't read this, so can you just give me a summary? He said, well, basically says that I'm not a fiduciary. She doesn't know that much English, and, but I'm not a fiduciary, and that means that I have to take care of you, but based on what you basically need, I don't have to think about it that much, which is sounds, again, not like the basis charm. And then um, last uh, Monday, he takes a um, million dollars and invested in the Russian rubles. That sounds like a good investment, though Would you say that's uh, pretty like the Rock of Gibraltar. So, very high risk. It could have been very high reward, by the way. You know, we're looking 2020 high hindsight, four days into it. Had it gone as planned, it would have been over in six hours. The WUBA would have been quite uh, stable, you say, well, they're going to give sanctions. If the whole war is over, so Shiloh Shiloh they doing the level of sanctions to take anybody off any SWIFT codes. It's just that Ironically, the war was far from swift and so far from swift. And then I have time to. So you say the guy's crazy? He's not crazy. Now you'd say he's crazy, but that's twenty twenty hindsight. But it's risky, and it says in her profile that's not suitable for her. So he would be sued by the SEC. That's an extreme case. Never happened. Hopefully, never will happen. But I'm um, talking about uh, extreme case of oversizing. A Why? Yeah, 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 yeah. You can go to jail for that. That's really illegal. If it's uh, the, the case I just painted, they'll, they'll charge them, convict them, and send them to jail. It's like, most of the cases are not that cut and dry, but yeah. that's uh, you know, Look at what they filled out. You can't say, well, I don't know. I forgot what they filled out. It's your client. It's got to be at least suitable, but you don't have to necessarily be a fiduciary. So let's say she comes back and she says, oh, the good news is I didn't lose any money and it made uh, 1%, which is better than zero in the bank, Uh, But I found out that the mutual funds uh, that you could have invested in made 9%, and you invested in the ones that had 5% fees, which that's too high. This is an imaginary case. No one even uh, did that. But you somehow, the rest of it got lost, and I only made very little, and I could have made a lot more. So if she made something that's at least within the range let's say, the ultra-conservative with 2%, 2 to 4%, and she made that, but the market was so gavaled she could have made more. It's just that he works for a big company, he's got five levels of bosses, and they keep telling him, you're working for the company, we make money over here, we like to keep our clients, make sure they don't lose money, make sure they make a little. But don't make them too much, because that extra percentage or two is reserved for us. And if you do it well, we're going to reserve some for you. So, he wants it, this is corporate America, this is what goes on, and there are two levels of care, and each one is legal. You just gotta tell them. So, problem number one is they don't really understand. Uh, if they would understand, would they always choose the fiduciary? So, let me say the Svara that um, I've thought about uh, discussing it with Dani, discussing it with two other people. Everybody seemed to hold the same Svara, and you, you gotta think like a capitalist over here. Don't think like a communist, but no one's thinking like a communist in any anyway, uh, because this won't go over well. But I, I think as we're not, a, we're not pure capitalists, but we believe in a free economy. This, the reason why the government allows this and the SEC allows this is because we want a well-oiled and thriving industry where people are interested in getting into markets and participating. And a lot of people don't want to be fiduciaries, and the more roadblocks you put in their level of eschaivis, hives. The more people will not want to take this money or do it because they're in the headache for it. They can get sued a lot quicker if they're fiduciary than if it's just a, a suitability level. And the safari here, again, the economists in the room could uh, weigh in. But the safari here is is that as long as they're interested in having the clients make money, which they certainly are, because they don't want to lose the clients, they want to get more clients. So it's not like they're not motivated. You want to motivate companies to grow larger. How's the company grow larger if not making any money? So we are interested in having them make money so they can get larger and larger, and then they can go and collect more clients, and with their clout, they can actually make more money for the client, because the more clout they have on the market, and IPOs, this makes a big enough camino, then they will actually benefit the client. So the fact that at the end of the day, who's going to make that extra 2 3%, which ends up being a lot of money, the fact that... I know that they want to pocket the money because they're greedy and they have to give it to the company because the company's greedy, the customer might be just fine. Well, you know what, I'm not so greedy, so I'll make my uh, five, six percent better than I could do myself. And uh, so they're charging me fees, left, right, and center, as long as they're not ripping me off. And that certainly would be a catalyst to get people in the industry it's the same for why we have bankruptcy laws. So bankruptcy laws were made up by Koshbarhu Kaviachel and it's called Shemitah. We have one right now. And there's personal bankruptcy when the guy tried his hardest and he just needs a new fresh start. That's a pulsic in Khumish. So the concept is there. That's not pure pure capitalism. Pure capitalism uh are why we feel sorry for the guy. You owe me money. We have debtors' prison. It's in London you sit there for 20 years until you uh, so that was a way of life until pretty recently but they did away with them which I think is uh, good for the most part that people take advantage but we have something called bankruptcy so I'm extending credit the whole world's extending credit to everybody else well, what industry you're in retail, wholesale, or banking everybody's extending credit why are they doing that it's risky and the guy could declare bankruptcy the answer is declaring bankruptcy is not kashmak and it has repercussions we hope it doesn't sometimes people take advantage you get burnt but people still go into business why do they do that The answer is, we know the risks, and you should know, or you learn, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but the economy wants to have laws backing them that encourage people to get involved, otherwise everybody's just scared that nobody does anything, and that's horrible for an economy. You gotta motivate people. Communism is all about just being fair. What's it? Each according to his needs, according to his abilities, or something like that?
1: From each according to his abilities, to
0: each according to his needs. Okay, good. So that sounds great on paper. That actually sounds very nice. And it it just doesn't work, yeah. Because (laughs) (laughs) kesaviana is a call, and it's a very good thing to motivate people. So if you can make more, Goldman Sachs and the other are getting bigger and bigger. They make a lot of money, and hopefully the clients are also they don't, I call them a saxon example, they don't take low net worth individuals, because they're not, they're only interested in the big fish, but it's fine, that's their market niche, and if it's not $50 million why well, I just didn't talk to you, that's fine. They can make whatever rules they want. But then if a guy is sophisticated enough to make that money, not that it's the brains, it's all siyat but if he's coming in, he should first read the small print, hopefully he how to read, and he should not come back with a tiny, uh, you guys are making a lot of money. They would probably like a squirt amount. Yeah, we're making a lot of money, and we're charging fees. That's where Goldman Sachs, and if you want to do business with us, we're going to hopefully make you a lot of money also.
1: There is a key though, between, so classical hedge fund charges 2 and 20, let's say. Okay. percent of assets under management, 20% of the profit that they're making. So there's a clear incentive.
0: Okay, so we're going to get to the fees. Okay.
1: So they don't act as fiduciaries for the investors. They get paid by investors.
0: They don't have to they because have to. they know but, but they're motivated.
1: says we are
0: advisors,
1: right? And they ha- and they hang up. I'm an advisor, right? That's a Geneva's does uh, issue.
0: You're saying because me. you know the advisor, me. advisor means the Messiah says it means the best advice possible. Uh-huh. So the government is saying it's perfectly legal to have dinim and advisors, and we have, have different Madrigas. Th- but they do because it has to say somewhere in that paperwork. Are you? There's only two choices. Are you a fiduciary, or are you just using a suitability context of what you're ob- yeah, you are have some obligation? They're saying that. So the easy answer to my kasha, without my whole economic background, is if you tell the consumer what he's getting, there's no time at all. The problem is people don't really understand. That's what we're stuck. So I'm offering, I'm not saying this is the terrorist. I'm not saying there's any terrorist. If there's a terrorist, it might be that the clients are going to stay around, hopefully, if it's working. You're tiny. He's not going to stay around, because by the time they figure out they only made 1%, uh, it's already 10 years later, and they don't want to move. And it's a big pain. And that, that's Taka taking advantage, especially if he calls up after 10 years when he finally does the cleaning, and he finds those old statements, and he says, you know, this doesn't look like a great portfolio. And then the guy gets nervous and keeps seeing the phones. Oh, it's really great. It's a rough 10 years, but we're really going to... upcoming. If you then further lie to try to explain why he made very little money. Or you could say, no, that's what you make because I'm out a fiduciary and we make a lot of money ourselves over here, but you lose money and you made the market. If it's within the market, but it's low, and you made it. You want to stay or not? If it's not super aggressive, then that's okay. It would have been better had you explained that to him 10 years ago. That's the possible answer. It's still a little troubling and we're not finished yet at all. I want to get the fees make a big difference because... The two and twenty. If you have set fees, you don't have to. You still tell them what you are, but it's quite clear. My motivation is this amount of money I'm going to make, and if, if you don't do well, I don't do well. So that's actually good. They're not always structured like that. So we're going to get into the fees. i it's a sham Next time, tomorrow night.